Hello and welcome to episode um fourteen. No, not fourteen. Oh. Episode eleven. Eleven. Episode eleven, yeah, 11. of Die Hard on a Podcast, where today we're going to be talking about the uh, Marine Three in celebration of WrestleMania thirty three. That's Marine Three Homefront. Marine Three Homefront. Sorry, yeah, you're right. Homefront. <laughs> homefront. Back in Washington. Oh. Yeah. You know, and I was kind of surprised. Actually, shot in. It shot in. I think Canada. I think. Yeah, Lions. Vancouver, of course. <laughs> it's got to be Vancouver. Um, yeah, something like that. But, uh, yeah, one of the things I was kind of surprised was I wasn't expecting this movie to be diehard-like at all, but it actually kind of was. You know, you had the... Kid, it was, yeah. You had the girl in distress kidnapped by terrorists, um, and, yeah. you know, like, one guy infiltrating the, the stronghold. A bunch of inept, like, FBI slash cops. Yeah, they, they didn't know what they, what they were doing at all. And it was funny because I kind of didn't like the Mrs. character at all. I was like, this guy's kind of a douchebag. Like, he's kind of a dick. Yeah. You know, he's like really judgmental. But then, you know, whenever he punched the FBI dude and then rolled in and killed everybody, I was like, okay, he's redeemed himself. Which was the last like 20 minutes, right? Or like half hour or whatever. Like, yeah. I, I hate to say it, but I needed more Miz. Like, yeah, there was there wasn't he wasn't as pivotal or like as central a character as you thought he would be. It actually, you know, I was I was kind of surprised, um, and I'd be really interested to ask the director about this. Is you know he really made the bad guy very sympathetic in it, and I was kind of impressed with that because you know in a lot of these action movies. Uh, you know, the villain's not sympathetic at all, and they go out of their way to make him despicable, like he's kicking puppies and stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, but in this one, like, I found myself, like, sort of rooting for the bad guy. Like, I was like, well, you know, I mean, sure, it's not right to go in and kill all these random people, <laughs> and he's a psycho, but, you know, at least at least you sort of felt he's for like, his he... cause a little bit, you know, like when he came, went into the bank, his first appearance, he went into the bank and just like took all the money out and set it on fire. I was like, this guy's awesome. You know, like who the fuck robs yeah, the bank just, like, and sets like, all the money on fire. <laughs> yeah. He was like this like crazy, like Robin Hoodie, but like he just like stole all the money and just like would burn it. So it wasn't really doing anything for, right. Like he was, it was, like, like, he was yeah, I think he was like the money, but I mean, it was still kind of cool, kind of a cool idea that he was like, I'm going to go to all this trouble to plan this elaborate bank robbery and burn like 90% of the money. I'm like, that's pretty sweet. Um, and if I feel, I, I feel like the, the end plan was also for them to like, basically like blow themselves up. I feel like too. Right. Wasn't it? Uh, well, I mean, they definitely, like, they, didn't, they definitely didn't have like much of an end game past their terrorist strike. You know, like you didn't, it wasn't like there was a line somewhere where it was like, Oh yeah. And then we all retired to Jamaica or, or something like that. You know, it was just, and, and like the FBI came and they were like, Oh, the FBI came. No big deal. We'll start a war with the federal government. We were planning on doing it anyway. Yeah. They didn't have like a, like an, like a escape plan. They weren't even trying. Well, they had the, the whole cop thing. Yeah. Like the person named the cop, or whatever. But that was it. Still seemed like I'm still gonna blow myself up at the end. I think I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, you're kind of like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, um, but it'd be interesting to talk to the the like, director dude. I love like trying to get in touch with him now. Um, like like maybe like Miz's schedule. Like maybe he had like the Miz for like five days. So right. It's, like, so it was kind of like you had to shoot around him, and that's very Patty. that's very possible. Like, pad everybody else's character kind of out, or he knew what the schedule was going to be, so he's like, I'll give all these other characters a bunch of dialogue that's kind of ridiculous dialogue for me. 
Oh yeah, it was definitely (laughs) ridiculous dialogue. But I mean, it wouldn't be a good action movie without ridiculous dialogue. That's like one of the rules. And the FBI people were just like the dumbest. They were dumb. It was like what was the guy's? I don't know what the guy's, the bad guy's, like his name was. What was it? Pope. Was it Poe? Pope. P o p e. You know, like the Pope. Pasty dude. Pasty yeah. dude, and then, like, he had, like, his henchmen of, like, just, like, a bunch of dirty rednecks. <laughs> like yeah, weirdest. like, where did he get these, where did he get these guys from? Because, you know, like, you get it to, you get the sense in the beginning that they're, like, some sort of rogue military outfit, you know, like, they're disenfranchised Marines or Navy SEALs or something. But then the FBI, like, gives the background, and it's like, nope, he's a college professor and some freaking rednecks that are all on the government. <laughs> they're all, like, really dirty? I don't None of them take showers. I don't. And those pasty guys, like super clean. Uh, yeah. 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 And he was. That's true. They were all really greasy. They were for sure very greasy, except for except for Pope, and he was immaculate and articulate. Um, Which I guess. I mean, that's like I think basically like a cliche. It's like smart dude with a bunch of dumb terrorists type guys. Yeah, henchmen. I guess that that's kind of that kind of fits the Die Hard format, you know. You know. Although, yeah, but to be fair, I think Die, die Hard's like, like even in Die Hard though, they he had the freaking you know the genius hacker. Yeah, they had a little more character and like a little more smarts, but right. Yeah, it's the Marine Three. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's the Marine Three home front. It's the Marine Three <laughs> home front. You know, um, budgetary reasons might have. You know, limited them from getting like the cast that Die Hard got. So yeah, sure, absolutely, because you know it is definitely <laughs> like one of those just sort of kind of almost grindhouse film. You know, where they're like, okay, we've got the Miz, um, we've got Pope. What's the guy's? What's that guy's name? He's a huge actor. I think it's McD- Neil McDonough. Yeah. Okay. McDonough. And sorry about pasty guy he'll know you'd know him if you saw him yeah yeah pasty guy you'd know him if you saw him that sounds that sounds about <laughs> about his description there yeah um but you know it's like we've got these two uh let's go ahead and just um we'll, we'll just see what we can do we'll throw some guns into the mix um you, you know what i i really liked the uh the ferry that there was like their you know their hideout was yeah. really like reminded me of um the jean-claude van damme movie we did hard target Oh yeah, yeah. You know, like I yeah. mean, just the, the that sort of like rustic rundown. You know, like reminded me of like the scene that where Wilford Brimley blew up his house. Like I, I just thought, yeah. hey, that, that seems kind of like the same sort of feel, I guess. Yeah, I feel like it's like type, these types of movies. They probably like work backwards. Like, well, we have this old fairy. What can we do from there? Right. <laughs> and we have it for like we and we have it for like the entire shoot. So let's just work backwards from that. Yeah, we'll just work around so. that. Which makes sense. I mean, that's not that's not like a knock on the movie or anything. That's just low budget movie making. Right. And what are you gonna do? And I, I mean, and you know, for what it was, it was it was like I thought it was fun. You know, I mean, I enjoyed the whole thing through it. And that's really kind of like the yeah. whole point of a low budget movie. It's not like they're trying to reinvent the wheel. You know, as long as the yeah. audience is having fun, then they've kind of accomplished their goal. I thought the action was pretty good when there was action. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, and 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 there was maybe just a little bit. They could have done maybe a little bit more action, but whenever they yeah. did do the action scenes, like the gunfights and stuff, were pretty good. 
Yeah, when they took out the SWAT team or whatever they were, the FBI guys or whatever, that was pretty cool because they had all the guns, the cameras on like the guns and stuff, like like video game style point of view. Yes, yes, they did. So that was really I, cool. I, I, that was another thing I noted was it was really cool. Like it would actually how it went from it would show the bad guy shooting at the uh, you know SWAT team member, and then it would like yeah. do a really fast clip of the the you know the SWAT guy's perspective of getting hit with a bullet. And it wasn't like, and falling down. <laughs> yeah, and like him like falling down, and then it would cut to another one getting mowed down. Yeah. I was like, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, was, that that sounds pretty cool. I mean, I think the guy's action is pretty good. And like like I said, the dialogue is a little rough, but I mean, whatever. Yeah, you know. Um, well, and uh, that was another thing I thought when I was watching it was I was like, man, this dialogue's kind of like subpar. Like they should have like trimmed the scrimp up and like, you know, actually gone the other way. And I'm not saying that they should have said, Oh, like let's make the dialogue better. Like I was thinking, you know, they should have just made the dialogue just like a little bit worse because it was like bad enough yeah. that you were like, well, this isn't great, you know, but if it was just yeah. a little bit worse, you would be like, Oh, this is great. Like, I can't believe he just said something that ridiculously stupid. Yeah, if they embraced it, and that that makes me think of the very final shot of the Miz walking in slow motion, and it starts at his feet. Yeah, do you remember the shot? <laughs> and like the mute, that, that really cheesy songs that's playing. It's like panning up. He's like slow motion <laughs> yeah. walking, like fucking hero. I was like, man, if the movie was just like this the entire, entire movie, time, it would be yeah, it would be a classic. Be you know, crazy. like if they had just like said, hey, let's not take this seriously at all. You know, and just like um, embrace it, yeah, right. And, and like, that's what I kept thinking about this. Was I was like, man, they just need to take this just a little bit less seriously, and it would be awesome. That's what that's why, like, the main bad guy was like, he was like way too serious, and like, his whole thing was a little too like intense, I think. Yeah, yeah, and he was, he was definitely very intense. And you know, and then he gets into the whole philosophy about like why he hates rich people and. And it was like, well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Like, again, like it, it made him kind of sympathetic. Um, and if maybe he wasn't yeah, just randomly killing his own guys, you'd feel a little bit better about him. Uh, but like, I feel yeah. like that's like part of the requisite of being a bad guy. Like, I never understood that about villains. Is it's like if you're a bad guy, you have to kill at least one or two of your subordinates. It's like a rule, you know. <laughs> You've got to teach them a lesson. But then, yeah. but then you kill them, you're like, oh shit, I'm down. Like, yeah, now I only guys. got eight guys, Fuck. and I had <laughs> ten. But you know, like the one guy called his girlfriend. I tried lesson cell phone. I tried lesson. I tried lesson to the half my crew with the other half of the crew. Yeah. So now I'm down to five people. Yeah. Fuck! I had ten. <laughs> it's like shit. <laughs> um. But yeah, no. I mean, all together, I, I've you... actually never seen any of the Marine movies. This is my first introduction to this series. I don't um, think it matters. I think because they're all I think different Marines, except from like here on. I think it's always the Miz. Right. Because, yeah, so, it, was, it originally started as John Cena, right? It's John Cena, then Ted DiBiase Jr. Oh, wow. Was in the second one. <laughs> which is, which is like, he's like a doll dude. Right. But, like, I, I, I've seen that one, and the action in that was pretty, pretty solid. Nice. I, you know, and now that I think about it, you know, during the Miz and John Cena's recent feud, didn't John Cena make a comment about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he's like, oh, I make the movies, and you make the, like, the knockoffs. Right. Which is, like, kind of crazy because, like, or you're. You're like WWE is producing these movies, <laughs> so don't, so don't, don't knock them. Well, I mean, at the same time, though, it's wrestling, so no publicity is really bad publicity. No, no, no. And if you're gonna watch the Marine Five, you're gonna watch the Marine Five. Okay. John Cena saying they're crappy knockoffs is not gonna stop you from watching it, right? Exactly, exactly. You know, um, 
Because most likely you've already bought it and watched it. So <laughs> right now, is that out yet? Is that something I can get, or is that still unreleased? I don't, I don't know, but it sounds awesome because it has like a whole crew of wrestlers in it, like Naomi's in it, and fucking Curtis Axel, nice. Heath Slater. Oh, God, who, oh, Bo Dallas is in it. Oh yeah, Bo Dallas is the shit. That's a, that, that's like a gang. Right. So it's like, oh man, I want to see that gang. That's gonna be all awesome. Of them. You know, and you know what makes me sad. And I was thinking about this while I was watching this. Is why didn't they, why didn't the WWE like start making movies like this with their wrestlers when Randy Savage was still alive and in his prime? Like, could you imagine like Randy Savage is the Marine? Like that would be fucking oh. it'd like be all end all movie. <laughs> that would be amazing. Would be I mean, so he was bounce awesome. on. Yeah, but man, him and Miss Elizabeth. Oh, that'd be sweet. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny. I at work, at work I was tormenting everybody with Randy Savage promos. I wasn't uh, making them watching them. I was just like reenacting the best ones that I could think of. Badly, it was awesome. <laughs> People are like, "Dude, just stop!" <laughs> I'm like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> See this? This is the cream. <laughs> exactly. That's, what, that's exactly where I went. I had I had like a freaking a thing of milk. I was like, "This is the cream," and it goes to the top. <laughs> the best is always mean cheese. Like, what are you talking about, Macho Man? <laughs> and then, like, well, and like, I was also talking about how like great the Ultimate Warriors promos were because they were like, if Randy Savage didn't make any sense at all, like. Like all, of, I don't know if you've ever seen the Ultimate Warriors uh, promos as an adult. But they're oh awesome. yeah, they're so great because they're completely unintelligible. Like it's it's pure nonsense oh, yeah. from start to finish. But he says it like in a really intense way, so you sort of buy it, you know. Yeah, his promo one was a Hulk Hogan with about the plane going down. Yeah, Hulk the plane crash. I was just like, it's just like it's it's like man, you went to a different fucking level. Yeah, it's like it's it's insane. Yeah, he took it to a whole new place. I'm actually going to have to YouTube that. I'm going to have to actually YouTube that after this. Oh, it's, it's like 15 minutes too. It's just like insanity. Yeah. Like just think about this. This is what this is how the, the Marine 3 should have been. Is Randy Savage should have been the Marine coming home and finding his sister kidnapped and the Ultimate Warrior could be the Pope and it would just fucking Ooh, yeah. it would just be great, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because he would just like cut like crazy promos on like his crew, and his crew would just be like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> right? You know, like he would be like, "Oh, the rich, the rich man is in an island, and the island is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's up in space, but we're also up in space." I'm like, "What? High on fucking cocaine?" Yeah, no, that was great, and and I mean, like the Ultimate Warrior, you just kind of got it. Like, I mean, he was a, as far as a, a worker goes, he was probably one of the worst workers ever. But he was. I mean, he literally like changed his name so that on his driver's license it said the Warrior. <laughs> as like a comic book, I think he put out too of the Warrior. It's yeah. Like... yeah, and and then like right before he died, he actually had um like a reality TV show. On the web, it wasn't an actual like network produced or even cable produced yeah. uh, reality TV show. And I've always thought about watching it, but is it the one where he's just basically talking to the camera? <laughs> no, he. It's like talk, he, he would talk, like... talk, talking shit about like gay people and like AIDS and stuff. Yeah, I think dude, he was I'm very questionable. I'm not sure because I only watched a little bit. Like I only watched clips of it on the documentary about the Ultimate Warrior, and but it would seem like he would like. 
you know, like get these like losers and, and train them to be warriors. <laughs> oh my god, I would watch that. Yeah, oh I, god, I know. I'm gonna. Cool. I may have to actually look that up now that I'm, we're talking about it. Could be like his gimmick then, like that could have been like the Marine Three gimmick. It would be like he, tra- he finds all these homeless guys and trains them to be like his disciples, and then he just like courts all this crazy shit to him, and they're like, "Oh my god, he speaks the truth." <laughs> and then you get Macho Man come in and be like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> yeah, he show up, you know, and of course Elizabeth would get kidnapped. Yes, you know, Elizabeth. I think I mean Macho Man would just like walk in. He wouldn't just like just like sneak in he would just like walk straight into the ferry and be like what's going on it'd <laughs> <laughs> be like no battle whatsoever yeah but speaking of which I th- did i talk about this before about jay lethal have you ever have you ever seen the wrestler jay lethal i don't think so dude it's so it's so great he's this black guy and for the longest time oh yeah, TNA, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he does, he he does did the Ric the Flair thing where he yeah he did Ric Flair, but that, but I mean yeah. for like a year he was just the black version of Randy Savage and it was just so great, amazing. Um, because like the whole time he's doing it, you can just tell he's trying so hard not to crack himself up. Oh my god, I mean if if you if if it was like the Marine Three and like if they were just able to reenact the the reuniting of Macho Man Miss Elizabeth after the Ultimate Warrior match. Right. They could just put that on camera at the end of the Marine Three yeah. fighting Macho Man. And that would be the end. Been, I'd be like fucking weeping. It'd be amazing. Yeah, it would be awesome. People would like stop making movies after that. They'd be like, we give up. Yeah. Yeah, because like that that mo- that moment when they get back together is the greatest thing. Right. It's it's, it's amazing. Freaking Scorsese and kill himself. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. So. Did you see who was supposed to be in this? No. Did you see, like, I was it's supposed to be fucking Bob Holly. Really? Fucking fire plug. Wow. <laughs> slash, slash hardcore, I guess. Yeah. According to Wikipedia, it says he was supposed to be in it, and Randy Orton was supposed to be in it. Right. But then, like, since Randy Orton's such a shitty Marine, apparently, when he was a, he was a Marine. That's right. Yeah, he got, like, a bunch of shit from, like, the, from Marines, and, like, he, he bowed out because he was such a shitty Marine. Right, because he, he, it was going to generate a lot of bad press if, if actual Marines were, like, boycotting the movie. Yeah, yeah, so they then I think I think I saw that they, they had, there might have been, like, a match or something for The Miz, and he got, he, like, won it somehow, right. I think. I don't know, I, I always get the impression that Randy Orton is just, like, a really terrible person. He seems like a really terrible person. Like, doesn't he? He just seems like, I mean, you know, like, I, sure, his character is awful and whatnot, but, you know, like, there's some characters that are, you know, your traditional heels in wrestling that they don't, like, they seem like, like out of the ring as their personal lives. They're not that bad. You know, like, even, like, Bray Wyatt, like, you know, Bray, Bray Wyatt, like who's cool like to hang out with. Heel, you know, you thought if you, if you hung out with him, he probably wouldn't be that bad. But, you know, like, I bet you if you were around Randy Orton, you would just be, like, sitting around thinking of ways that you could get away with punching him in the face. You know? <laughs> or just wait for him to punch you in the face. Right. You would be like, okay, I know it's coming, you know? It'd be that friend you're always sitting next to him. is like, when is he going to punch me? Right. Like, <laughs> I, I, I remember reading when about... When is he just going to get angry? <laughs> like, I, I remember reading about rumors that he was, like, shitting in everyone's duffel bags. Like, if you left your duffel bag, um, like, unattended I think that was, backstage. That... Yeah. Was that him or was that... Uh, I always heard, was it British Bulldog did that? I, you know, it could be, but I'm not sure. Like, I, the guy had always heard it about Randy Orton. It could be them all. It could have been both could, of could them. Maybe, like, them. that's, like, a thing, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, but I think he's like, I don't know, he's, I mean, he has kids and stuff, and I saw like a doc on him, and he seemed fine, but he right. still seemed like he was kind of a dickhead. Yeah, like just kind of your general, your typical douche, you know, like. Uh, speaking of the, speaking of him, I watched the, the Condemned 2 as well this weekend, and he's in that one. Really? And then like, it was okay too. Really, and then like or like Shawn Michaels, you know, Shawn Michaels actually did get the shit kicked out of him by a marine. Like, like a marine did almost he? beat him to death one time. And really? by all accounts, yeah. even Shawn Michaels, he like had it coming because he was just being such a douche in the bar. Yeah, I mean, I think back in the day he was real bad until he found religion. Yeah. Um, although you know i love have you ever seen the match with him versus hulk hogan where he just ridiculously oversells everything oh yeah i just recently watched it i was like i was like that's how you sell something that was the funniest thing i've ever seen and, and especially because it was hulk hogan who you know yeah. is like like so gr- like proof that you don't really need to be able to work at all in the ring that if you have enough like force of personality or like you know Oh, charisma that you can just totally get away with being on top of the world and then you get somebody who like Sean like Sean Michaels who I mean he has a lot of charisma but his real strength is his in-ring talent you know and he was just like well yeah. if they're gonna say that I have to freaking you know put put Hulk over and sell all this bullshit I'm gonna sell it you know yeah like he wasn't like happy about that 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 match or whatever so he just like overdid everything right, <laughs> it was just like right, yeah. it's like, the most insane thing and then didn't Hawk like blade himself? Uh, he was like all bloody too. See, and I think I'm not sure if that's I, the same match because I think it might be really. And I, I love um, Chris Jericho's comment on the bet on that was like uh, he was they were interviewing him about Shawn Michaels, and he was like, you know, if you want to see how much of a talent Shawn Michaels is, watch Shawn Michaels versus Hulk Hogan. He's like, and you can't say that it's one of Shawn Michaels' best matches because it's not. It's not even close to being one of best Shawn Michaels' matches, but it is Hulk Hogan's best match. <laughs> I, yeah, I think I randomly watched that the like a while back. And I was like, man, what is going on? Like, when is this? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, Shawn Michaels is like one of my favorites. He's just like. Well, and 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 that's the thing. Like with with Shawn Michaels, he can get away with being a douche because he is definitely probably one of the top three workers of all time. You know. Um, yeah, like 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 I think I remember watching the doc on him. It's like he might not bring it to like the Raws, but man, every WrestleMania it was just like the match. Oh yeah, it, like, I mean, even him versus the Undertaker was a fucking amazing match. And usually, the Undertaker's match is the kind of like placeholder match before a real match happens. You know. And um, him him versus the Undertaker at WrestleMania was probably about what maybe eight seven or eight years ago was just freaking unbelievable. I think the both matches he had with Undertaker were pretty pretty great. Yeah, yeah. and then the, like the match with him versus Ric Flair was just I mean holy crap you know. Yeah, but of I course Rick watched Fla- that. I, oh, I had ahead. to watch that one because I watched that. Yeah, I had to watch that one. Oh yeah, and it's 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 insane. Look at it's probably on YouTube. Uh, I'll have to rewatch it, yeah. Yeah, because it, it, it's great. But, of course, you know, now even though Ric Flair was old, even even old Ric Flair is, like, better than a ton of other workers, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like, because even like, the Undertaker match with Ric Flair, it's like fucking Biker, Taker, and, like, Flair is just, like, basically, like, just getting the shit kicked out of him and getting all bloody. That was even, like, a fantastic match. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Actually, that's the match where I really started liking Ric Flair because, I, you know, I never really watched him in his prime because 
I was, you know, we were both pretty young, like, you know, maybe eight or nine years old, and I didn't watch a whole lot of NWA. I watched WWF uh, all the time, but... Yeah, definitely, yeah, me too. Yeah, but, you know, but then whenever they, the Undertaker versus Ric Flair came out, it was like Ric Flair was around, but it was like he was kind of just skating on the fact that he was Ric Flair, and at one point in time, he was this great worker. And then I watched him versus The Undertaker, and I was like, holy shit, this is great. You know, The Undertaker is barely even giving a performance, and yet it's a great match because of how well Ric Flair can freaking sell everything and, and, you know, work that psychology to where you're like, oh my god, you know? Um, <laughs> That's basically like how Shawn Michaels works, too. It's like he sells it so well. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and then so then I got into Ric Flair and started watching a bunch of his matches and thinking, this guy's like a real genius. Because, you know, you could, you could freaking put a cardboard box with boots on in the ring with Ric Flair and he'll make the cardboard box look awesome, you know? You'll <laughs> yeah, have the cardboard box being the crap out of him. Right. <laughs> it's like, holy shit, you know? Um, actually, whenever we saw Luke Gallows uh, in Kaiser uh, with like me and Paul yeah. and Pat, um, he was Ric Flair was there. I mean, he wasn't wrestling. He was just basically signing autographs and came out into the ring and kind of caught a promo or whatever. But um, yeah. like freaking the whole match, all Luke Gallows did was do like Ric Flair sells, like you know, like he did the perfect Ric Flair face plant and was uh, you know and was doing like the chops to get everybody all wooing and stuff. And like his like the whole match, which was a really good match, uh, and it was like you know Luke Gallows versus whatever the local promotions top guy was. But like the whole match was this big tribute to Ric Flair, and it was really good. Nice. There was thumbtacks I mean, old... too, actually. I mean, I mean, his old pr- promos are like the, like the greatest thing ever, too. And it's like, oh yeah. I mean, you, him and him and the uh, Dusty Roses like promos back and forth are like the fucking. Yeah, the they're they're like a clinic. They're like you know like every every anybody who's aspiring to be a wrestler should watch those promos. To say like this I think is exactly it, how you should do it, you know. Even even like as writers, I think that like some of those promos are just like fucking so good. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what, or did you see they, the one where he was? It's a real famous one where he's talking about how after a woman's with him, and then he just collapses. <laughs> no, I don't think I've seen that one. <laughs> oh, it's so great. He was like, after a woman is with the nature boy, she's like this, and he just falls flat on his face. <laughs> <laughs> I know he always, he always makes himself. Uh, was it? He always references Space Mountain with with. with yeah, is. yeah, because yeah, and his <laughs> his big thing was you don't need to go to Disneyland to ride Space Mountain. Space Mountain. <laughs> that's the greatest. Oh my god. But yeah, I mean that shit's just like oh, I'm just like that's how you like sell an attitude or sell a character. It's like yeah, absolutely. Watch. Well, and it's something I think that a lot of a lot of modern wrestling is kind of like losing that they really desperately need to get back is that, you know, as a wrestler, you're not supposed to be a real person. It's like supposed to be hyperbole. You know, you're supposed to be like this really, really exaggerated trait, you know, not one of the reasons why I like the new day so much is because at least the new day gets it that, you know, you're not supposed to just be this guy. You're supposed to be this over the top freaking lunatic, you know? Yeah. You're not supposed to be the guy. Am I right guy? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, which is one of the reasons why I, I kind of dislike John Cena because he's, his whole persona is, is trying to be like, well, Hey, I'm just like this regular dude that happens to be a wrestler. And and, and he always changes too. Cause like, like the the promise he was doing with Miz, last promise he he was doing with Miz, he got all like like 
old school John Cena where he's like like almost like rapping and this and that. He's got the attitude right. and stuff. But then like when he's not doing that, he's just like, hey, I'm I'm I like the military. I'm I'm you know, I mean Mr. America guy. Yeah. So it's like he should. I, just, I hate when he flip flops like that. It's like we'll just be one of them and it's, it's fine. Right. Um, you know what? I've often I've said it. I've said it forever is that I think that John Cena is like the greatest heel that ever lived. You know because he's like such a good heel that he's supposed to be the face. And it's like he's not the face. Nobody freaking nobody likes that guy. That guy sucks, you know. <laughs> yeah. And his match was like pre 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 week two. Yeah. So Yeah, I was kind of, there was a couple more matches I was kind of disappointed in. I was really hoping that AJ or not AJ, um Baron Corbin versus uh Dean Ambrose would be a little bit better than it was. Yeah, I mean that was that was rough too, and it's like I like the, the the tag team match was sweet. Yeah, the Hardys coming in the Hardys comeback. Uh, Patrick's really mad about that. Oh, why is that? Well, his point, and I kind of see it, um, is that he thinks that the WWE should be more focused on their new talent, and that bringing the Hardys. Back, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the bringing the Hardys back is kind of like, well, you know, the Hardys were freaking amazing in two thousand one, two thousand two. But like it's fifteen years later, yeah. and they've kind of gone to shit. Um, but see, I I don't know. I was I was a little bit on the other side of that because I love the Hardy Boys. I think they're fucking great, and I think you know that they were so good in two thousand and one and two thousand and two that they should get a pass being not the greatest thing ever now. And I mean that being said, they still came out and put out on a great match. You know, yeah, they kind of always showed up the the new guys. Honestly, like yeah. You know, like, they... I, I I like them doing cast the idea of those guys because, like you said, they're almost like the new day with these like have these crazy characters, but like their wrestling skills are not quite there. Right, right. I mean, like that match was definitely not you know say Hardy's versus Dudley's versus Edge and Christian. Of course, again, no, no. You know, again, that's a that's a ridiculously high bar. You know, I mean, I don't know if we'll ever see that kind of. Like magic between three, you know, where you have three insanely talented tag teams all at once, you know. Yeah, I remember really hearing like the backstory about that and all of the how all the teams were just like, we just gotta go out there and fucking kill it, right? And they just fucking did. It's like, oh, I wish there was more of that, right? Uh, like... You know, more of that kind of hunger that they had in 2001, whereas it seems like now they're a little bit more conservative with it. I mean, but you know, WWE in general is a lot more conservative than it was in 2001, you know. Yeah, and then, well, that's that's the funny thing because I'm I'm watching now. I got WrestleMania on repeat here, right? And AJ AJ Styles and Shane McMahon match. And it's like Shane McMahon is like the company guy, and he's fucking putting it out there, like, yeah. <laughs> like, well, like but he always has, you know. It, yeah, it, it almost. But seems like, but, but everybody should like follow his lead and AJ Styles' lead and be like, look, just fucking go, like do whatever. It's like it's WrestleMania, right? I've you know I've always felt like. Uh... Shane had some like sort of a chip on his shoulder. Like I've always felt like Shane. Oh, de- yeah, definitely. You know, like he's, he always <laughs> felt like he had to prove, like, hey, I deserve to be here, not just because uh, you know my dad owns the company or my grandfather started the company or my great grandfather started the company. You know, like oh, my, always, oh, my sister now runs it. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I always felt like he always felt. You know, he thought like I've got to go out there and prove that I can work with the best of them, um, and, yeah. and like he kind of can, but. He also has the pass of because his dad owns the company, he doesn't have to work every week. You know, he doesn't have to do three matches a week yeah. and tour the. You know, um, but he, yeah. you know, he, I've never seen a Shane McMahon match that I didn't like. You know, yeah, I mean his his shtick is basically the same thing, like 
ever and ever again, which is fine. Right. But like, yeah. Like, same spots, usually. Yeah, and that's true. Like, he, he does the, the cross-the-ring thing that he stole from Rob Van Dam. His, uh, his, uh, his fucking, was the Styles Clash that he took, that looked fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah, like, that yeah, was he, awesome. It wasn't, like, quite a whole thing, but it just looked like it was like, it looked brutal. To, yeah, honestly. it really did. And, then, and that, that, every time somebody gets into that, one's like, oh, don't move your head. Don't put your head. Ah, thank God. Yeah. That, you know, and I, it really showed off. I didn't realize how awesome that Styles Clash move was. It is really sick. Yeah. It's like, did you, have you, did you watch when he was doing it to that Ellsworth guy and practically killed him the first time? Yeah, he pretty much put his head down into his neck. I know he's like, oh, fuck. but then he like, then he did it off the, the the fucking steel steps to him, and it was just like, you're gonna fucking kill him, you're gonna fucking kill him. Yeah, you know, I kind of like Ellsworth too, trooper, just because God. it seems like they brought him in as a one-off, and then they were like, holy shit, this guy's really over, <laughs> you know? <laughs> exactly, it's like this fucking jobber is like, boy likes him. What yeah, the like fuck? they, you know, like I mean, I think they honestly like they went around the the indies and were like, let's find somebody who's a competent a competent worker in the indies, and we'll bring him in as a one off as a joke because it started out as like you know like just they brought him in to humiliate. I can't remember who they were even trying to humiliate, but you know, well he was he was uh he he wrestled with Strowman first and then they brought him in for. Right, I forget. I forget why that he he got put on SmackDown. Yeah, but like you know, like all of a sudden they were like, "Wow, the crowd really likes this guy." And he's, I mean, he's a likable guy because he's like such a putz. But he's still coming out and doing it. Like you know, I mean, how can you not get behind that? His move was his move, the no chin music. Mm-hmm. That's the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he reminds me of right. this wrestler Norman Smiley from old WCW days like this Dorman Smiley was awesome he was this really really skinny black dude and he just sold the yeah. shit out of everything I I ever, that he I, did I never watched WCW when I was like I think I was getting out of wrestling when that was a big thing too right and see it's weird I I was really out of wrestling in like the mid 90s at the beginning of like the NWO and everything and then I moved to Morgantown um, for a girl and her friends were all just like rabid wrestling fans so at first like i was kind of like yeah i'm gonna go along with it just because i don't really know anybody else but then you know like i mean it just totally won me over i mean the the attitude era and the whole like wcw uh, monday night wars was just so compelling that it was impossible not to get back into it and i've been kind of a rabid fan ever since you know it was like i I think that's that's a a good way uh, you know, it was just sort that? of, it was like I was never not a fan in the 90s, but it wasn't like I was, you know, like glued to the television every Monday night until about right, like around, right around 90, 98 or so. Like then it become yeah. like, oh my God, I have to see what happens next, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think the, to experience the Monday Night Wars is the best way is like network with their doc series that they have of the wars and it's like it's really compelling right so right it's really cool like how they were just like yeah. i mean of course it's skews used to wwe most of the time but sure <laughs> you know because they owned it you know and they own everything they own it all yeah, and they like and I mean, I mean and ultimately they won you know so yeah yes uh <laughs> but you know i i feel like the wwe almost needs competition like that again because you know now that there's really not anything out there it's kind of the product they can kind of get away with just doing middle of the road stuff 
Um, and, yeah, because they just they just buy the people and just bring them in, and then right, right, and uh, you know, like down. TNA actually started to really become a competitor, but they they screwed up. They they made the same mistake that WCW did, which was they had this really insane group of really talented, like the new generation, you know, AJ Styles and Samoa Joe, Chris Daniels, and all those guys. But instead of focusing on them, they said, "Let's spend a bunch of money bringing in Hulk Hogan and Sting." You know, like Luke Gallows, Which old guys for example, work. Luke Gallows got got laid off from TNA because they couldn't afford to pay him because they had to pay Hulk Hogan. Ooh. Yeah, and, you know, and it was and it just sort of collapsed it because like all of the people who were watching TNA were guys like me who were really into the smart side of it. You know, the, the I don't know if the smart side yeah. of it's the right way to say it, but I was really into the fact that the workers were putting on really good matches. Um, and, you know, and you got to see this young talent really kind of breaking new ground. And then almost overnight, it was like, no, we're not going to have really good matches. No, we're not really going to worry about the storylines. We're just going to have Hulk Hogan and Sting come out and feud and do the same damn thing that, that they've been doing for 20 years. And everybody stopped watching. Did they have, were they the ones with the octagon ring with them? Uh, yeah, <laughs> they originally had the octagon ring, yeah. I think they they ended up actually doing originally they had that and then they ended up doing away with it. Um, and like, I think I saw a few matches of that. Yeah, and I started watching it really early on because a lot of the wrestlers that I knew from CZW from Philadelphia were the ones who really kind of got that off the ground. But it seemed like once it got off the ground, they blew all those guys off in favor of bigger name people. Yeah. And Kurt oh, Angle was fantastic in it. Kurt Angle was so good in that. Um, he kind of like did away with his whole, it's true, it's true, you know, I'm an American patriot thing for him just sort of being this, this dastardly bastard. And it was great. Awesome. Yeah, hey, I, I think I missed most of Kurt Angle's WWE run too. So I'm not a big Oh, fan. he was, he was awesome. When he first came out, he was fantastic. He was so funny, dude. Yeah. I think I, yeah, I think I was kind of out. Right. But yeah he uh, he did some really awful things like he brought sergeant slaughter out and just humiliated him and uh he did all kinds of dumb shit it was great <laughs> but um yeah so we're at 40 minutes now oh wow it's a, it's a special wrestlemania yeah it's a special wrestlemania extended edition <laughs> so it's gonna be just as long as wrestlemania so sit back guys yeah just chill 10 out. hours of us talking <laughs> Us talking about WrestleMania for the entire duration of WrestleMania. First match, go. Yeah, I you know, and I'm actually kind of impressed. I'm I'm really starting to get one over to WWE's women's division. Um, I've always I've I've thought for the longest time that they were really weak in the women's division because they were just basically focused completely on beautiful women and not so much girls that can wrestle yeah. or storylines that were compelling. And it seems like they're kind of getting into um, storylines that are compelling. And they have that one really big chick that's kind of scary, which is always, I, you know, like I felt like in classic women's wrestling that was really awesome and fun to watch, you would have like the really cute petite blonde girl versus the really behemoth scary girl, you know, and that dynamic made you <laughs> want to watch. Whereas when it's just like two hot yeah. chicks beating each other up, like, yeah, it's kind of hot, but you can't last for very long. Um yeah, like all, the, all these, all these, all these women that they're bringing up, they're they've had better matches in NXT, of course. Yeah, absolutely. 
But like, I, I like seeing them up here and like fucking Charlotte Flair is a fucking beast. Yeah, Sasha she Banks is. is now I'm I'm kind of angry um, that they fired Blue Pants because like Blue Pants is absolutely my favorite women's wrestler of of like right now. She is so fucking sweet. Um, or didn't she have like didn't she like cop an attitude or something? Wasn't that year that was she that did she, was, like, she did because she, was, <laughs> she thought she, thought she was like the shit or whatever and they're like no nah, yeah you're out because she was in, in a, she was in NXT <laughs> and she was super super over with the fans because she didn't take herself seriously at all you know she sort of came out and she was like yeah I'm the chick that wears blue pants that's like my thing you know and the audience yeah. got it and was really into it so she took that heat that she, or you know she took all the freaking over she had with the fans and basically went in the back and said hey you have to do a lot more with me or i'm out of here and they were like okay well you'll see you later you know <laughs> take your fucking blue pants yeah we got oscar and we got fucking charlotte flair and we got fucking right yeah. jack so and they were yeah they were kind of like well hey just because you're over with 300 fans in florida doesn't mean that we're gonna freaking kiss your ass um which i think exactly. is a mistake speaking I of well, it's like speaking of that, like it's like it's like Samoa Joe is like huge, like over, right? You think he's over, but did you see the report of access? You yeah, know, it's like the access thing where like like the thing during WrestleMania where everybody, like you kind of like go and meet certain wrestlers before the like the day before or whatever. Right, it's like a convention type of thing, and Samoa Joe had nobody. Wow, wanting to like like sign, but they had to like get rid of his section because the overflow from Roman Reigns was so much. That's crazy. And Samoa Joe is an awesome worker. He's really good. I've actually seen I know. I was I would just be like, man, Samoa Joe, really? And I was like, oh, man. Yeah. It just kind of shows you like what some people like, like people like us, like think that oh, Samoa Joe is the best and he's awesome and think I, they brought him up. But then regular fans are just like, who the fuck is this guy? He's always beating everybody up. He's an asshole. I'm not going to go meet him. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and I, look, I actually saw him wrestle around, I would say, but maybe 2002. I saw him wrestle. I saw him wrestle in a freaking fire hall. Uh, and oh, it was a freaking amazing match. Like it was like one of the reasons I was there was because of him because he was actually working in Japan, and he had just like come home or he was doing like an American tour or something, and like the the buzz on all the indie wrestling forums was oh my god Samoa Joe's gonna be here and you gotta see him, and it was weird because if you watch the movie or if you watch that match like on television, it wouldn't really look like much. But, like, when you were there, it was, like, so stiff and he was so good at, you know, like, you could actually, whenever he'd do, like, a chop or something, you could actually, like, feel it in your teeth, you know? You were like, oh, my God, that hurt, <laughs> you know? What did you hear that the NXT, like, crew, like, uh, like when they put on shows down in Florida, they'll, they'll do it in, like, a fucking high school auditorium. Like, yeah, so yeah, you'll it's, see, not a, like, it's not a really big thing. Yeah, you'll see, like, some of Joe fucking wrestling Finn Balor in the fucking, like, basically, like a, like a yeah, like a fucking town hall and shit yeah i wish they'd take that Sounds on like, tour i'd love to go see nxt i really like that although paul was telling me it's kind of since they separated and became like that now there's nxt in that 105 or whatever he said nxt kind of lost yeah, their yeah. real talent yeah at shinsuke which he was and shinsuke and bobby Roode wrestled over the weekend too, and it was a pretty solid match nice. for sure. Yeah, Bobby Roode's good. He was he was really big in TNA. He was he was gonna and like then Austin yeah. Aries the the ver, the first dark match Austin Aries versus Neville. You know Austin Aries was one of the top TNA guys. He was really good. Yeah, that was a good match too. So, um, but of course now Austin Let's... Aries is somebody who is is almost all in ring talent. You know, I mean he yeah. doesn't have the great mic skills like some of the other guys do. Actually, he's been doing mic work on 205. Have you been watching? No, uh-uh. 
He's been like a commentator, and he's been like really good. Really? So maybe he's maybe he's really stepped it up from what I remember. Because I, I remember his character was just kind of cocky. He just puts himself over the entire time. He just like is just like puts himself over the entire match. That's <laughs> like the awesome. entire hour he's on. And that's the best. And that's how a color commentator should be. You know. Um, just speaking like, of which, well, I, read, I, there, I, read, uh, <laughs> I read Bobby the Brain Heenan's book. You have to read that. It's freaking amazing. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's not very. It's not very long. It's only maybe, but but it's great because he like freaking you know every story that he tells from the road or from the old days and from you know classic Lufez wrestling is interspersed with Vince should give me a job. <laughs> <laughs> you know like it would be like yeah and, and then in 67 i did color commentary as the weasel and everybody thought it was great and vince should watch those and hire me back <laughs> <laughs> you know you like should. of course i think it was written before like he got cancer and like all of that stuff but i mean like it's so it's so great because you know in his like in his book he's still doing even though he's speaking like as himself you know as bobby heenan the man talking about bobby heenan the, the character he's still constantly putting himself over and slipping in that color commentary <laughs> i said doing that in real life too i like bring myself over it's yeah like yeah like why not like, you know i mean what do you said at lunch be like that it's I, don't know, I just put myself over every day at work right <laughs> right you know <clears throat> You know, at one point he's talking about how he was like, yeah, you know, the highlight of my career was working with Grilla Monsoon. And I think that was some of the cleverest commentary in the history of wrestling. And I know that if Gorilla Monsoon was still alive, he'd want Vince to hire me and pay me six figures. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's what you missed. That's what you missed with the last match. Undertaker versus Roman Reigns. Oh, right. They brought yeah, Jim Ross. What they brought Jim Ross to commentate. Really? Yeah. That's that's pretty cool. That's kind of surprising considering his wife just died like a week ago. Yeah, so that's what everybody's saying. But like he's like, of course, his commentary, his commentary was like, they probably needed like him to like sell the match because nothing was going on in the match. So yeah. it's like they need they need a pro out there to be like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know some of my favorite, and actually you probably missed this too because that was that was around early two thousands was whenever uh. When Triple H like had a shtick where every other week he would pull pull Jim Ross out into the ring and beat him up, <laughs> you know, like, no. like oh it would be great, man. Jim Ross would Jim Ross would come out because you know Jim Ross was like the ultimate Stone Cold fanboy. So like yeah. you know Stone Cold could do no wrong, and and anytime Stone Cold would come out and freaking you know do something great, uh, or like just not even something great, like anything he did, it was the greatest thing that ever happened. And Stone Cold was the best best man ever, and everybody loved Stone Cold, blah blah blah. So he would have a match like that, and then like the next week, like <laughs> Triple H would come out and pull pull Jim Ross in the room or into the ring and like try and make him apologize for putting Stone Cold over. And of course, Jim Ross wouldn't do it, so just, oh, yeah. Triple H would beat him up, and it was it was just awesome. It was like what a dastardly thing to do, you know? <laughs> like why are you picking on old Jim Ross, man? Jim Ross never did nothing to nobody. <laughs> and and that was that like was that like pre-stroke or was that after like post-stroke? It was post-stroke, which made it even better. Oh, yeah, it was post-stroke. Like after like half his face didn't oh. work, and he would quiver. Uh, yeah, he would quiver, sit there oh, and like God. quiver, and just like basically just generally be pathetic, and that made it so much better that that uh, Triple H was beating him up. I I, mean, I really wish they would 
like I know they can't really go back to the Attitude Era, but some of the stuff they did then was so great. Like, um, freaking, I think it was Triple H. This guy, I don't know who it was, but it was somebody from yesteryear, you know, some wrestler from the 70s. He had a prosthetic leg, and Triple H came out and ripped his leg off and started beating him with it. Oh and God. it's just like, wow, this is so tasteless. You know, like, you didn't even, I mean, everybody, like, when we watched it, everybody was just silent. And then, you know, you just kind of had to laugh because it was so over-the-top awful. <laughs> Uh, like he had like free reign during that time it was like he could do whatever he wanted oh yeah it was and it was so it was so great like in it like and how tasteless and shocking it was like uh you know they had an angle where the big show's dad died and the big boss man came and freaking tied his tied his dad's casket up to the back of his car car and drove it around the graveyard <laughs> and, i was didn't he didn't didn't Triple H like have like Kane's like old girlfriend like have like a funeral for her or something and like have sex with her like in the coffin? In the or coffin, something? yeah, yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, it's just, yeah. yeah, it was so ridiculous. It was like John Waters <laughs> tasteless. It was awesome. Oh, so good. All right, so we wrap um, this up. Yeah, but we're actually we're actually gonna run out of time from um okay broadcasting. So let's think of a All new right. movie to watch next week. Uh yeah, I don't. Mm, Let me look at the list real quick. I guess we can move on with like another marine movie if you want, but we could do another marine but movie. Maybe, I feel like we we, we like don't just, want to beat we, that we, horse. We, I think I don't we want to beat that horse just yet. You know, like yeah, yeah, I want to space them out. Yeah. Um. Uh, let me think. What What have we not watched that we've been talking about? <clears throat> I don't know. Hmm. Oh, I so need a faster computer. <laughs> well, it, you know, the sad thing is, is I actually have a sad, I have a, a a much much nicer computer uh, that's yeah. built for like live streaming and broadcasting. But the basement at my house has such ridiculous noise pollution. I don't really like doing it. And like, eventually, we're going to yeah. actually build it into an actual studio, but we haven't gotten there yet. Let's look. Uh, I don't know. You want to do like? I mean, just something easy, like an under siege or something like that. Or we haven't done um a under siege yet, and that's very diehard. Like that's um, like one of the play the better diehard ass movies. So right. You know, but, we, uh, and but I, there's something else more obscure we could do. You know, another thing I want. I was thinking that we could do uh, is. Um, do uh, like uh, both versions of Assault on Precinct 13 because that's kind of a Die Hard like movie. Yeah, it's like pre Die Hard, but we, yeah, we can do, definitely do like a pre Die Hard. Yeah, like, you know, well, or sure. like like I said, like we could watch both of them and say like, hey, this is, you know, this is Die Hard pre Die Hard, this is post Die Hard, and see like if there's any kind of yeah, if they change it at all, right? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do Assault. Okay, sounds good. Assault. So um, tune in next week, guys, for Assault on Precinct 13. And uh, thanks, thanks for listening. Go watch WrestleMania. I'll go listen to us on iTunes if you haven't, and website, diehardpodcast.com. Yeah, check that out, definitely. For the five of you listening, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> I think there's going to be six. I'm going for six this week. Six. All right, cool. Nice. <laughs> Sweet. Oh, crap.
stop, stop, stop. 